anything but a relaxing day today in uh, in Belgium, but Max Verstappen never looked stressed despite having to make an overtake for once. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 314. And if you'd like to see or hear more from us on your social feed, why not give us a follow? We are at Grid Talk UK everywhere you find the at symbol. I'm Tom Horrocks and I'm your host today and I'm joined by a Grid Talk super team of Tom Downey. Hello. And Owen Medford. Hello. And we're also joined today by our sponsor, BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, uh, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as they have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right up to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favourite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head to betonline.ag today. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, a, uh, we eventually, after lots of screaming at clouds, got a uh, got got a sprint uh, sprint away, and we've managed to get all our racing away this weekend so far, which is probably more than we were expecting to do coming into the weekend when we saw the weather forecast. But um, but um, yeah, just a quick word from from you two gentlemen. Um, thoughts on the action so far? Have we have we you know potentially taken risk when we shouldn't have done, or has it been generally quite sensible? Start with you, Owen. I think it's kind of been overly sensible, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with that, particularly with the with obviously the uh, the fatalities that we've had at the circuit um, in the past few years. But um, I don't know. I think it was getting to the point. You know, when we had people coming out, um, what was it in sprint quality? Uh, yeah, in sprint shootout on intermediates. I think that's obviously we've waited too long, and and that's even with, um, you know, that's with. Uh, where sorry in, in a qualifying format where the, the drivers can space themselves out um by comparison i think obviously in the race you do have to be more careful i think they made the right decision actually delaying it past that that cell that was coming through um i think yeah i think they were overly cautious maybe in the past i think that one that one was like sort of probably a bit closer to where we should have been with it um but again you did have you know, maybe it's just the drainage is so good at Spa that you you, you had standing water going away going away very quickly. So um, I'm not sure we needed like four laps under the safety car as formation laps, but I think it was it was probably on balance relatively sensible. Yeah, I think uh, despite if you look at our social downs, you see I myself were very frustrated with the with the delays because I just wanted uh, just wanted that McLaren to get away in those wet conditions. But uh, yeah, after seeing the amount of rain it did come down, potentially was the best thing. Tom, uh, are you in agreement, or would you like to uh, throw a spicy opinion in there? Um, you know me, I love a spicy opinion. Um, no, I, I I do by and large agree with what Owen said. I do think we were a bit. When I say we, I mean the FIA. Um, I do think. We were a bit, um, uh, perhaps a bit sort of too tentative to, to get going. I don't think we needed five formation laps. Um, and then, you know, I think we could have got going after three or four. Um, but, you know, I, I know safety is paramount. And obviously, you know, with the with the rooster tails that the cars make, where they're following close, because I said to in quality, spread themselves out, I completely agree. By the time we got going, the track was, you know, it's, some drivers were, you know, might have been potentially thinking about slicks. Um, and it says a lot that you know, when we have a race that starts behind the safety car like that, that by the time we get going, 
drivers do dive into the pit straight away for inters. Um, you know, we've we've had it. Um, you know, we've we've had it at several races over the last few years. So I think we could have got going sooner. Um, I was worried for a second that we were going to get flashbacks to 2021 because when I saw all the drivers sit down on the grid, I was thinking, oh heck, are we actually going to get going? But we did. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the um the, the product is, is there. We've all seen a good race, and frustrating as it was, safety, especially at this track, given recent events, has to be paramount in the uh um certainly in the immediate aftermath until we can find out what the overall solution is going to be. I was slightly nervous seeing lots of rain at Spa this weekend. So uh glad that it's that it's gone off without any harm. And the only casualty, really, uh, it would be the Aston Martin cars, it seems. And we're going to talk about them first away. And I'm going to come to you for this as well. So Aston Martin, Alonso celebrating his birthday in style. Lance Stroll this morning, putting it into the barriers and uh, a P11 for him and out of the points. Not a great start to the uh, to the points taking for the weekend for Aston Martin and not a great race overall, really. No, um, obviously, as you say earlier, they um, they put a gamble on uh, putting Stroll on, so- uh, sorry, a Stroll on the medium tyres, which I think was probably, you know, if it kept it on the road, it was, uh, it, it would have been inspired, I think. Um, but, as you say, it, it, yeah, it didn't come off. Um, and then obviously you had Fernando Alonso in the race. Uh, just, um, sorry, uh, Fernando Alonso in the race, just, um, just dropping it really, getting on the white line and putting a bit too much throttle and round he went and out he went. Um, you know, I think it's insult to industry, uh, sorry, uh, insult to injury really that, um, you know, that, that obviously he, um, <laughs> Alonso got knocked out of, uh, out of a, a out of a qualifying session for for the sprint, um, and then just and, and then I guess maybe it was almost overcompensating. Um, yeah, it's we we it's it's even further away from the points as well. So it's 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 uh, it's yet another uh, chapter in the sort of in the decline of uh, in the decline of Aston Martin this season. No, I don't think it's entirely. It, this obviously isn't entirely car performance related. I think they've just made s- slightly poor decisions um, with, with the weather, but you know it's difficult. So if it was easy, everyone would do it. Would be making the good decisions. So yeah, I think they've just unfortunately been a bit unfortunate, and it's uh, come at a bad time for them. Yeah, normally the star of sessions, uh, Fernando Alonso, they're trying to uh, certainly the sprint, the sprint anyway. I don't remember the last time we saw an unforced error from Fernando Alonso as well. So, uh, so uh, difficult session for him. Hopefully, moving forwards tomorrow, and it's just it's just a bit of birthday blues, as uh, someone said in our chat. I've, it's probably you, Tom. I imagine saying about having a siesta after a big breakfast in the car. So, uh, hopefully, it's it's just a case of that, and they can get back to to some decent form tomorrow. But the next team we're going to come to is AlphaTauri and going to give this to you, Tom. As Sonoda having a bit of an instant at the restart. I don't think we ever saw a replay of it, but we saw him tumble down the times and a yellow flag in sector three before we'd even got to Eau Rouge. So um, Ricardo just missing out on points and inches inches away from a potentially you know, Q2 or maybe even a Q3 performance as well in qualifying. He's starting to make a bit of a difference, isn't he, Tom? That's the wrong movement. Um, yeah, he, he, he is, but mind you, you know he's he's replacing Nick De Vries. So, well done. Um, you know, and uh, it, you, you said Yuki went tumbling down the order. He lost two places. Um, you know, which you know, it's, I wouldn't exactly call it tumbling, but it's it's tumbling like his career at the minute. Now that Danny Rick is coming to that car, and was running in the points for a bit. You know, I, I think all of us said almost 
exactly at the same time in Slack when we said Danny Rick, don't you dare uh, sorry, George Russell, don't you dare overtake Danny Rick? Because I did want to see him get a point in that dog of an Alpha Tari. And obviously, if it was you know full full points, if you'd like, you know, 25-18 or the rest of it, he would have got two points. Um, or or a point, I can't remember if it was ninth or tenth. I think he was ninth in the end. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, he was he, he was he was going well and he's doing what Alpha Tari brought him in to do. You know, he's just he's just going about it, you know, getting the job done. Got a bit unlucky in Friday quality, which we talked about yesterday. Um, but Today, you know, he, he did he put that car in places where it shouldn't be, and already I think the decision to pay him in that car is paying off. Yeah, especially when we we see the events on the other side of the Red Bull garage as well. It's certainly going to put some pressure on the on one side of the Red Bull garage at least, anyway, and uh, and as well on the other side of the AlphaTauri garage. I think the the opinions of Sonoda. Are, pretty much universally have all gone up this year. They may well just have peaked and maybe are starting on, on the way back down now if we see Ricardo comfortably putting Sonoda to bed for the rest of the season. Uh, but an, another another team with uh, with a driver being uh, comfortably put away has not really happened so far this weekend is is, is Haas, Soane, and pretty much a badly executed weekend with their... They're pretty much their qualifying secret weapon. Nico Hulkenberg has not been able to put a representative lap in in any qualifying session, and and is this a bit of a bit of a missed opportunity for Haas so far this weekend? Oh, completely. I think you know with the with the topsy turvy nature of all the conditions, and you know this is this was kind of the 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 way that they could you know steal a point or something like that. You know, people dropping it off off the road um you know i've never seen i've never seen anyone not finish a qualifying session before in in all my years of watching formula one like that <laughs> holkenberg is listed as a not classified did not finish and apparently has completed six laps according to the uh according to f1's timing data um you know magnuson didn't do much better uh you know in 18th and in the race uh so, yeah in the sprint um itself I think about part like the reason that, well, yeah, I think the reason that um, that Magnussen has even made places up from there is just because he happened to be first. Um, obviously, that you had when we had drivers coming in on the first, after the first, um, sorry, but just before the first real racing lap. Obviously, it was uh, one at a time from each team, and he happened to be first, so he got the first stop and and, and made a bit of progress that way. Um, but you have to say two of those places came from other people retiring and and you know he's only really got ahead of Sargent um and Sonoda so that's <laughs> it's basically it's it's one place on the road I think it might, it might not actually be a competitive overtake um so it's it's yeah it's really it's not great in my opinion um yeah it's it's Alpine level mess ups here Yes, I'm sure we'll get to them later as well. Not quite as bad a weekend so far for them, and uh, I think Hulkenberg gained five positions at the start with the with the uh, with the with all the pitting and everything like that. But it just didn't really turn into anything for them. But uh, you know, Logan Sargent for Williams though is best ever qualifying position. Tom in in twelfth place, but a five second penalty followed, putting pay to any possible chances of anything happening for him. Albon just a P twelve. Another missed opportunity team here, or is this kind of where we expected them to be? Um, it's hard to say because, you know, obviously in, in the wet and yes, it did dry up, you know, somewhat towards the end. Dark Williams does, it does its best racing in your sort of like 
high to medium speed corners. Um, it's uh, you know, and you know, so you know that's why they did well in Austria, and you know they did well in Silverstone and Australia, places like that. Um, if Spa was dry, I would, I think we'd be having a different conversation about them. But because it was wet, and they obviously had to run a wetter setup, you know, more downforce, you know, you know, more aggressive wings, you know, because obviously you need a lot more. You know, mechanical grip effectively um it's you know i i wouldn't say it's a it was a lost cause for them or, or missed opportunity rather i wouldn't say that um sergeant didn't help himself by getting a five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane as soon as i saw that flash up and it said under investigation i was like yep yeah, that's slam dunk and you know if it's in practice or you know whatever excuse me it would be a it'd be a financial penalty but in the race Five seconds and on a eleven lap sprint, five seconds makes a big difference. So, you know, they were they were about I think where I'd expect them to be. Perhaps a little bit of a sort of bump down for them, you know, because obviously they've been sort of riding high lately. And I do think Williams in general is on is on the up in terms of its trajectory. You know, they are I would say the seventh quickest car on the grid. I'd say Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, and Haas are all slower than them at the minute. Um, and yeah, you know, Williams, they're doing the right things. And I think Sergeant is doing a decent job. Albon, we know, is doing a good job. Um, but I think Sergeant, you know, he's just, he, he's getting used to F1 this year because obviously it's a big, big change. So yeah, he's doing the right thing. Just needs to, just needs to hone his craft a bit. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be difficult for him now. Nick DeVries has departed and he is now the, the underachieving, well, I say underachieving, the least point scoring rookie in the field now with Oscar Piastri obviously flying high. So it's it's going to, the pressure is going to build on him. But Williams are not putting him under, under any pressure, which is admirable admirable of them. And uh, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll give him the time that he needs because uh, I think he's a, he's a talent. He's probably just in F1 a year early. So uh, potentially next season will be when we need to look at Logan Sargent. But Alfa Romeo then, Owena, the next team we're going to talk about, the, the last team we're going to talk about who didn't score any points, uh, which means we did actually get five teams in the points out of out of the eight point scoring positions, which are, I'm saying that because my notes for Alfa Romeo are precisely hyphen. Um, I have nothing for them. So, um, I mean, they've got a nice green bit on their livery now, haven't they? Um, tell us about Alfa Romeo, please. I think we'd actually have a better attack, but we'd have more to talk about if we were to do a, uh, you know, a, a start of the season style liverine analysis video uh, about them. I mean, it's, I, I guess you can. T- I mean, I, I can tell you more about. I can tell you more about the YouTubers who they've who they've put on the halo in the in the stickers um, that that Kick are trying to uh, advertise than I than I can uh, Alfa Romeo's race. Um, it's. Oh, yeah, they've done nothing in the sprint. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to sort of work out how many points they gained, just as a like, you know, sorry, not how many points, how many places they gained uh, for on pure pace rather than just, you know, um, you know, DNFs, other people running into each other, anything like that. And it's just, and it's it's barely any. <laughs> um, you know, it's four places, but like sim- similarly to um, oh, sim- similarly to uh the Hass, it's just again it's not that they're just not achieving enough um you know they sort of moved up as a group and that's about it like i i kind of i struggle i struggle really to talk about <laughs> i struggle here to talk about anything about alfa romeo um 
I don't know. I, I think they've just they must have written it off or or something. But like, Joe is not a rookie anymore, and Bottas is an, is an experienced driver. Um, I don't know whether it's the car. I don't know whether it's them. I I honestly don't know what to say about them. Um, which is, I don't know. It's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good to be in this position in F one. Like I'm waffling here because there's nothing to say. I'll relieve I'll relieve you of your misery there. I think Alfa Romeo. I don't know is uh, <laughs> is pretty much the uh, the go to response. Um, yeah, it's a shame. I was genuinely excited about Alfa Romeo last season, and they've kind of just gone back to their you know their um, their obscurity levels again. I say it every time I'm on a podcast, but just give us something to talk about, please, Valtteri. Just you know. Even in Hungary, you could have done the bowling ball again. You know, just done something to to get us back excited talking about Alfa Romeo. But just got another nine—is it nine or ten more races we've got of that Alfa Romeo branding? And then uh, whatever they go back to Team Sauber or whatever they choose to go to is what we'll be talking about for the next couple of years before the uh, dreaded A word, which I'm going to try and not mention again until at least next season. Uh, but the next team we're going to talk about, which uh, rubbing your hands together, Tom, I can see, is uh, Mercedes. So um, given that you're going to get Red Bull as well, I'll give you license to talk about um, the Perez incident as well. Five second penalty for Hamilton drops him from P4. Bad weekend so far for George, but a good recovery from 12th. Uh, quite unlucky to not end up ahead of his teammate with that penalty as well. So go on then. What's your thoughts on the collision and the Mercedes race so far? Um, I thought George started 10th because he did get into SQ3, didn't he? He did, but um, he dropped down to 12th after the pits is what I mean. Oh, right. Okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. so, um, uh, you know, I thought I thought Russell had a good day. You know, obviously he'd lost two positions there from, from, from pitting. I get where you're coming from. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's obviously been on the podium here. Where did you class as an actual podium? It was still a podium two years ago. Um, you know, you put in a brilliant lap that year in the wet. You showed yet more of that prowess today. And I think you did very well. Still not happy about you taking the point of Danny Rick, but we'll let that go. Um, yes, I did lean into the microphone. Apologies to anybody who had to see that. Um, it was good ASMR. It's good. Yeah, and that's about as much as ASMR as you'll get out of me, aside from me snoring. Um but the Hamilton Paris thing now, I'm probably going to get a lot of people going. Oh no, that's a Mac family. Yeah, well, one v one me on rust. Um, but um, that's a Call of Duty reference. Um, I saw Wayne last year. He he knew, he he knew what I meant. Um, Sniper Tony, by the way. Uh, and um, I agree with the penalty. Because, uh, yes, I know we talk about let them race and all that kind of thing. And I agree that it's inconsistency from the FIA because similar events or similar um, incidents would not have been, you know, have not been penalised. And I know we shouldn't penalise the outcome. But, you you know, if you just look at it, you know, Checo went a bit off and he was he was on the curb, but it wasn't like he completely went off into the gravel. He was still on the racing line, so to speak. Now, obviously, it's wet, so the racing line is subjective in itself. But Hamilton didn't leave him room to rejoin the circuit. If that would have been Austria term four, that would have been a penalty. And Checo's car was in roughly the same position that it was in Austria term four when he got a penalty for that. Well, I think he got two last year, wasn't it? Maybe the year before now, I can't remember. Um, and I'm not talking track limits, you know, I'm talking, you know, 
causing a collision. Not to mention the gaping hole that was left in your side pod. I wish I wouldn't have said that word. Not to mention the you, you know the, the the obvious sort of lack of downfall. I saw something come flying off one of the one of the cars and. You know, Checo uh, was doing all right. To be fair, you know, he, you know, he, he he did really well on on the. I can't remember if it was the safety car restart or if it was the first. You know, if it was the rolling start, I think it was the safety car restart. But then, you know, that that damage it it, it was terminal because he was he was losing pace hand over fist. And I know you especially, Tom. You, you know, you're not a, a Perez fan. Um, Don't know what you mean. Don't know what you mean. I can, see, I can see you smiling, mate. Come on. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it, it, the way he was losing pace, you could tell he had an issue. And the commentators were saying, you know, oh, you know, his rear tyres must have too much pressure. Uh, nah, the, the way that car was going, there was there was something terminal. It was fairly obvious. So I get why people are giving the argument of let them race. And I do agree, let them race. But you can't just clout into someone cause damage like that and effectively get away scot-free. Drivers have been penalised for a lot less, you know, including Max, you know, including Hamilton, you know, including most drivers up and down the grid. Because how many times do we see a penalty and we go, oh, that's harsh. We had it with Lando at Austria a couple of years ago. So, you know, I, I think on balance, I think it's fair, but I know people are going to disagree with me. Yeah, I'm going to be one of them, unfortunately. But uh, but I do get where you're coming from about the Austria turn turn four thing because even even the camera angle from it, I'm just I'm seeing it. I'm getting flashbacks of Austria turn four. So I I get where you're coming from, and I can see that it's one of those ones for me. It was just in those conditions, just the tiniest little touch. And yes, there's there's big damage, big outcome. I can't remember the last time there was a tiniest bit of contact which caused such a big impact to a Red Bull. Oh wait, yeah, I can, but I'm not going to mention that because we're not allowed to. But. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, it's it's just one of those things, and yeah, it's I, the problem is the consistency. We've, as you rightly say, we've seen we've seen things get penalised for uh, for less, and we've seen people get away with more. So it's just one of those things. We it's very the stewards do a very difficult job. There's always going to be inconsistencies. We want them to get it right overall, but it's I think it's just always going to be a, a very polarising subject. These these race instances and when you see somebody somebody's race ending as a result you naturally want recompense so i can fully understand why people again some people will say five second penalty he ended Paris's race he should get a 10 second penalty or, or a drive for it you know but again you can't base the, the 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 you know the result on you have to base it on the on the infringement not the result so so yeah it's it's a tight one i personally i think it's a little harsh but there we go that's we've all got different opinions and that's the beauty of motorsport but we'll move on to, to the Alpine team then, oh, and you, you get them and not so much of a horrific weekend for them, apart from losing pretty much their entire managerial structure over the next couple of days. But a well-managed race from Pierre Gasly, despite falling back a little bit and uh, cooking his tyres in the early stages, managed to hold on for a P3 and six points. Um, Esteban Ocon, a little bit more anonymous. Um, but yeah, tell, tell us about the Alpines. Are we, is there reason to be happy about them this weekend for once? No, I think there's still the same issues that we had before. It seems a little bit a case of, uh, you know, you, you could look at the, the the uptick in form there and go, it's a case of sack the manager and the form improves, like you see in, well, Manchester United's form for the for <laughs> prior to Ted Hart. Um, You know, it's a for me, it's a case of Gasly was lucky that it was that it was only an eleven lap race and that Hamilton would have had a penalty anyway. 
because um, he was going to be passed just based on if you're looking at looking at the gaps. Um, Hamilton was complete was all over Gasly's gearbox by that point, um, and uh, you know it, it a kind of point that was proved by by Russell overtaking Ocon. Um, you know, I think the I think the Alpines sort of lucked, yeah, not lucked into, but um, they definitely got their sort of the the what is it the thick end of the wedge um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, well, sorry when it came to how everything played out. Uh, they, but they executed it well. I mean, I, you know, credit where credit's due. They didn't mess it up. This is, I mean, they, we're still yet to see if they double DNF tomorrow uh, in a Grand Prix. But they, they they've managed to do one race. Um, they just need to do the next two thirds of it uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's some well needed points. It's some well needed sort of, uh, I guess, a bit of a, a encouragement for the team to you know make to, to keep the obviously the guys that are working it so hard back at the factory uh motivated um because you know it's it's got to be a horrible one when you, you know half your uh as you say half your managerial staff leave um leaves has to leave at the top and then uh you know and, and then you have a terrible weekend so luckily they've had they have something to smile at home about but let's be honest it's consolation points it's only six points that gasly has got um you know they'd really rather it in the race tomorrow so think you know they'll be <laughs> they'll have their fingers crossed that it's a uh, it's similar conditions and they can uh, affect a similar outcome but I uh, I think it's sort of a a false dawn for for Alpine there. Yeah, given that uh, those those six points are eclipsed somewhat by McLaren's total point score anyway, with Oscar Piastri one position up the road and Lando Norris a couple of places back as well. So so um, overall, yes, it's good to to get some points, but I, I think they'll be looking for a lot more than six points out of this weekend. So. But we'll move on to to Ferrari then. Sites giving the game away early, Tom, on the uh, on his strategy and what he wanted to do. Now, I don't know about you, but I saw that as a bit of a power play. He was trying to get that in early, giving it away to the rest of the teams as well, potentially. But to say, look, I want the Inters. Um, I'm, you know, I, I can't remember who started ahead out of uh, Science or Leclerc, but I think he's saying to Ferrari, I want the Inters because I know that you're going to only stop one car on the first lap. Um, what, do, what do you think? Was that him trying to get a preferential strategy? I've got to be honest, I missed that. Um, uh, on, on, on the feed, uh, I, I was, I was, probably staring at the ceiling or something or my tongue was hanging out I don't know um <laughs> I, I'm I, I I am fairly certain the sign started ahead uh I am going to double check myself just in case uh the results I mean not anything else um yes he but, did just check. yeah so I fairly certainly did because yeah because um Leclerc had a bit of an off in in his middle sector he he nearly binned it to be honest um I mean, you know, from Sainz's perspective, I think that's smart because he knows, um, uh, you know, he's um, he's the lead driver of the weekend. You know, he's he's qualified ahead. He's starting ahead. So in my mind, he should get preferential treatment or not preferential treatment. Sorry, that sounds harsh. They would obviously give that to Leclerc because the rainbow shines out of his backside. Um but um, you know, he, no, he 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 starts he starts ahead, and you know, therefore he has first call on strategy. Um, he was also right because knowing Ferrari, they would have tried to double stack the two of them and put them on blinking snow tires for all we know. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them. So you know, he he was he's obviously learnt. You know, this is his what third season I think now at Ferrari, and he's realised that if I want, you know, you know, if I don't trust it call the shots because he's been on the receiving end of it and he's seen it enough time for a strategy has gone 
gone absolutely south and it's you know it's not paid off for him you know it's it's costing dear so he's sort of like laying a stake in the ground almost sort of throwing down a bit of a gauntlet i suppose you could say now i know that sounds a bit like over exaggerating but you, you know he's a you know he's sort, of, he's sort of like saying to you know saying to leclerc or you know saying to um you know the teams in you know the, the team in general you know like i'm not here to be second fiddle i am ahead on on the grid i think he might even be ahead in the championship and he's saying listen to me you know i am you know you know he's, he's like i am the captain now um you know kind of thing so you know i i i i'm mad respecting for that and you know you sort of put Ferrari in a position where where you know, where they were like okay yeah we're going to have to do it so yeah good good job i'd say yeah, absolutely. And the language, I know, because I didn't realise you didn't see that, but the, the language was from, from Science. Um, he Firstly, unbelievably, he was checking with Ferrari r- what the rules were about whether or not you can box on the end of the safety car lap. Uh, don't ask Ferrari what the rules are. Jesus. But uh, And then and then he, the language was, right, just to let you know, I will be coming in, make sure the tyres are ready, because I am coming in for Inters. So just absolutely laying down the law with the team to make sure that they were they were, they were were on top of that. So I think fair play to him there. Yes, he is ahead in the championship as well, but just a few points over Leclerc. So um, long may that continue with, with bold calls like that. But moving on that away, and you get, you get the McLaren team with Norris losing out to the Ferraris in the pits, having to wait for them to go past. Um, but... How impressive was Piastri today? Oh, hugely. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, we say a, a lot, but um, I bet, I imagine uh, McLaren, look, you can see why McLaren went through all the trouble they did to sign him. Um, and, and I think the one, one of the biggest things is that, yeah, he made the mistake on the restart. He probably should have waited until he was straightened out coming out of the, uh, out of the bus stop chicane. Um, and Verstappen was still, was still, uh, was still turning to, to, to just maximize that gap and i think he got a bit hard done by um prior to that um with alonso i mean i think you know if he'd played the safety car right he uh he might have been able to delay verstappen a bit um or he could have tried and played it so that he backed verstappen into someone else and uh um but either way um you, you have to you have to sort of beat the best to be the best and uh, and I think what Piastri is doing there is he, he's all that's going to be doing with uh, with a guy of his talent is just building up blocks of experience. So if he'll, if he'll know that for next time, he'll think, oh well, I won't do that there. I'll do it another top place. Um, you know, he's, he 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 really took the fight to uh, uh, to Verstappen. I think Verstappen made a bad call not coming in. I know why you wouldn't do that. Um, oh, sorry, Red Bull made a bad call not bringing Verstappen in first. Um, but you'd still have to execute it. You know, Verstappen had, would have had hot tyres by that point. It would have been, I think it would have been relatively easy for the uh, the sort of wet undercut, if that makes any sense, to to play out and um, to not play out. Sorry, um, Piastri did a great job on the outlap, uh, making sure that he got that one second gap, and then obviously extending it with the hot tyres a little bit. Um, Norris still also, you know, ran a great race. Um, that didn't you know didn't put a foot wrong even even helped out his teammate a little bit just coming in uh with when, when he came in you know just slightly slowing up for sapping a little bit um but yeah i think i think what what this is going to do is it's going to set up um in piastri's mind i mean he's gonna know it, have it already but just sort of getting him ready for i'm leading a race i'm in front of max verstappen or someone who is obviously clearly a very good driver and a very good car and and you know holding off holding him off fairly well until obviously the uh you know the the the, the um 
inevitable thing happened where he was obviously going to get overtaken by Max once Max was uh, right behind him. But um, I, I think it sets him up very well for the future. And it's one of the things he can sort of, he, he didn't lose his head or, or throw it off or anything or, or do anything too stupid. So I think he's done a fairly good job there. Yeah, hugely mature performance there from Oscar Piastri, but still, I think with the uh, it's the it's the race management where he's still got some stuff to learn. He, he was you know he's cooking his tyres very early on, didn't quite get the restart, hundred percent right, and so he's hundred percent not the finished article. But man, the guy's got talent. I mean, uh, if if McLaren can keep hold of Lando Norris, then you know Norris and Piastri could potentially be the super team of the future. So. Uh, all here for for seeing how that pans out, but um, so I'm, I'm afraid you get you get Red Bull. You know we've already spoken heavily about Perez and Max Verstappen. You know having to make an overtake for once, but uh, apart from that, I suppose we could talk about the uh, the pit strategy. Owen saying that he thought potentially it was a mistake um, not pitting him on lap one. What's your take on that? And anything else to add about the Red Bulls? Um, I, I mean. Well, well, I mean, you know, Max just, you know, Max just did what he did. You know, he was six and a half seconds ahead after, you know, he was pulling best part of a second a lap. Um, and, you know, that's just how good he and that car are together as a package. You know, it's like what we saw with Hamilton you know, when he was in his peak at Mercedes, especially sort of like 2020 spec. Um, that's not really, you know, I sort of like covered off Perez. You know, his, his race is sort of undone with, with the damage. And, I've you know really felt for him. Um, I mean, you know, there's not not an awful lot more to add. I think Red Bull got the pit strategy right. You know, I think a lot of people are going to say, you know, you know, like Owen said, you know, he should have pitted Max first. But I think you know, with Max's post race interview, you know, where he said you know, he'd have been held up with a lot of cars going past, I think they made the right call because obviously because Spa's a fairly tight pit lane. Um, and it's also a fairly short pit lane as well in terms of what the actual garages are. So, you know, he'd have been in and he'd have had, what, about nine, ten cars go past him. I didn't see exactly how many pitted, but it was pretty much most teams, you know, pitted one car and pitted the other one on the next. I don't think anybody double stacked. Um, I was kind of thinking Ferrari would have done, but even they didn't. Um, you know, so you know, I think it made more sense to, to stop Perez first because, you know, he was a bit... He was more at risk of the undercuts, and um, yeah, and also not being funny. If you pit Max second, you you just know he's got the pace to go and just mop up, which is exactly what he did. And he was only one point four, one point six behind Piastri when he came out, and Max was already able to tell that Piastri was cooking his tires. And then the safety car, you know, like Ryan says, you know, safety you know, safety car didn't help. I think Piastri bolted far too early on the safety car. Um, like he did, didn't want to give Max a toe, but it was inevitable that Max was going to overtake him. You know, he, he just he just needed to pick his moment, didn't need to do anything stupid to get it done. You know, maybe he was thinking, oh, go on, I'll let you lead for a lap. And then he'd be like, ah, I got you, you know, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, it's just, he was always going to overtake. He was always going to get the win. And I think we're going to see this, provided he doesn't get, you know, speared off or doesn't spear anybody off tomorrow. I think we're going to see the same thing then, you know. So it was, uh, it was pretty much a vintage Max masterclass once again. Well, maybe not masterclass, but you know, it was just just a perfect race. And Perez was just unfortunate with the with the damage from Hamilton because he was having a decent race before then. 
Yeah, I think uh, the uh, the race very much uh, helped by the Red Bull strategy. In my personal opinion, I think that was incredible management from the Red Bull in a situation that was lose-lose. Starting P1 and P8, they were always going to lose the lead. So coming out of it, P2 and P3 effectively after the uh, after the stops, or P4 it might have been actually, sorry. Yeah, P2 and P4, that's a, a net gain overall. And you put Max Verstappen second place, like you rightly say. You know, three or four cars back in the sprint, you think, okay, maybe... It, it might struggle, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, strong performance there. So I guess we'll just uh, cover off now driver of the day. Uh, what do you guys think was your, your driver of the day for the sprint? We'll start with you, Owen. Of course, I need to unmute myself. It's only four years after we started doing this. 20, 2020 vibes coming here. Full uh, <laughs> you're on mute. Uh, sorry, my on mute. Um, I'm reluctant to give it to... I, I, I think I'm going to have... Yeah, I have to give it to Biastri. I think it was a it was just a damn good job. I mean, obviously he made like a small, a couple of small mistakes. I mean, it goes without saying that Verstappen did a great job. Like, um, I think the, you know, the, the, the best performance was, was probably Piastri. Like just, he, he, he just covered off everything really well, uh, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, even though he had uh, sort of burned up tires, he, you know, he made sure he didn't fall back into Gasly and all that. So, uh, and, and, and still, you know, came second and got, yeah, got 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 his first sort of sort of podium. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough on that. I can absolutely get behind that. And Tom, what about you? Who's your driver today? Uh, well, I think you're going to say Hamilton for putting out a Red Bull, um, but um, <laughs> especially with it being Perez. Um, no, I'm I'm going to have to say Piastri. You know, uh, it, you know. It, it, did everything he needed to. You know, I think P2 was as good as it was going to get. Um, he held up Max for as long as he could. Maybe could have held him a, a lap longer with the safety car restart, like we said. But all in all, you know, you know, it's, it's his best weekend in F1 today. And you know, he's proved that, you know, uh, that McLaren were right to poach him. Not even poach him, just sign him when he became a free agent after Alpine, you know, didn't read their contracts properly. So, yeah, you know, it's just a great weekend for him. Um, special mention to Pierre Gansley, though, P6 to P3. Helped by the pitch strategy, yes. But, um, um, but yeah, you know, just, you know, good, good to hear Piastri sort of sounds like that hyped on, on, the, um, on the team radio. Yeah, no, um, I, I, as uh, I, I agree again, I can happily give the love to Piastri. As always, I like to put a little bit of variety in there for for who I'm going to say for a driver of the day. And I'm actually going to shock everyone and I'm going to say Pierre Gasly. Uh, for me, yeah, Verstappen, good job. Piastri, good job. But Gasly was the, was the guy that he, he, he managed the race incredibly well, kept Lewis Hamilton behind him. I don't think Hamilton would have got past him. Because those tyres were going off in those drying conditions, and I think it would have it would have been the pit stops that Hamilton eventually got past. So uh, I'm going to go Pierre Gasly. A very well managed race in the car. Let's be honest, is probably the fifth, sixth fastest car on the grid now. So uh, to see that car uh, ahead of a f- quite a few faster cars and staying there, well managed race from Pierre Gasly. Credit where credit is due. So uh, that's the sprint for you. And if you've enjoyed this, we'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you are one of those listeners who have not subscribed to the channel, why not subscribe and ensure you never miss a show again and click the bell. We've got over 2,000 subscribers now, so thank you for all your support. And please consider sharing sharing us with a friend 
so we can continue doing what we're doing. And don't forget to follow us on Grid Talk, at Grid Talk UK on the socials. Just going to you guys, just a quick chance to plug anything you want to promote. Oh, ain't anything you want to promote before we drop off? Um, nothing that I can think of, unfortunately. <laughs> just Grid Talk as usual. And uh, and Tom, anything you want to you wanna throw in? Uh, yeah, check out Formula Talk, our sister show. Um, do it with Sophia. When, uh, well, when she's back, that is. Yeah, um, you can find that alongside Grid Talk. Fantastic. And all our race shows do go out live on YouTube straight after the event. And our audio version goes out slightly later, which is available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Casts. We do also run a Patreon. So if you want to help to continue contribute to us financially, then we'd very much appreciate that as everything does go back into the show. We will be back tomorrow to review the Grand Prix in Belgium. So uh, we can't wait to see you then. Goodbye.